The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Province Crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Province Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me, as always, we at BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Monday, January 9th. We have a recording on Sunday, last NFL Sunday of the year. I just want to give people full disclosure. I'm a little salty about this past Bills game. But we'll make it through because we have some good news. Not only did the Friars beat St. John's uh, on Saturday, and we'll get to that in a moment. But breaking, before we jump on to record our pod, Kayvon Mulready, a guard from Worcester, Massachusetts, in Worcester Academy, class of 2024, commits to the Friars. Um PLC, before I get your take, um, first I just want to put a hand up. I know I tweeted this. You had asked me to write an article about Kayvon Mulready about like 12 days ago or so. And I was all game for it. I did the research. I've, I've watched the tape of the player. But I got the sense that this kid wasn't committing until probably in the fall of next year or, or of this year. Now that we're in 2023, yet he commits the province today, BOC. So the Friars get a big recruit. What are your thoughts? I think it's a huge win for the 2024 class. Uh, everybody knows I'm a big proponent of, you know, building a fence, so to speak, around your geographic area for recruiting. And Massachusetts certainly falls into that. And so it's a big win getting a, you know, a big 6'4 combo guard, we'll say. He's a stud, a blue chip, four-star, top 100 prospect in our backyard. So that's always a really nice win. Um, very nice win over Connecticut because they were in his final four. Another one that I've noticed a trend is Marquette is – I think it's because Marquette's now, like, um, trying to be more a part of recruiting New England. Marquette was a part of that as well, so – it's nice to get a win over two Big East foes. And then the last thing I'll mention, um, besides the talent, besides the fact it's a win over uh, some Big East, uh, Big East programs, is we have a commitment from Garway Duall in the 2023 class, who's a combo guard. It's nice to – and he didn't sign in the early signing period. It's nice to stack a 2024 talent like Mulready, who I'm not saying they're like-for-like like players, but it's nice to have a guard in the holster in case he doesn't sign with us. because I think. I think he will, but there's a chance he doesn't. 
And it's nice to have somebody in the back where Cooley can say, all good, we already have somebody. And it puts us in more of the, it puts us in a better spot than it would if we didn't have him. So really excited. And one final thing is he visited for the Connecticut game. So clearly the on-court success is showing off the court with recruiting. Um, So you have to be ecstatic as a Friar fan because it's not every day that we get a four-star top 100 type player. No, um, I mean, it's become more of a commonality with Ecole and staff. And I totally agree. Uh, the on, on the court success definitely plays a role. Um, listen, I, I've done, I've done some research. I've watched the tape on this guy. His final four list was a great list of who he is as a player, right? So the final four was Maryland, ourselves, UConn, and Marquette. He's a guy that fits a lot of that. He reminds me, you know, not not apples for apples, but he does remind me a lot of Devin Carter, a guy that plays downhill, packs the basket. There's questions on his three-point jump shot, but I watch it and it goes in, at least on his highlights, right? So I think it's something you can work on and get better at. Um, and to me, you know who else he reminds me of, BOC? A Tyrese Martin. Oh, interesting. A okay. Big body guard that, that you know, again, his highlights probably weren't showing his rebound prowess, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that this guy can rebound. I mean, I'm, I've, I've watched a couple of clips of him and for a high school player, like a lot of things we always talk about is like, Oh, you need to get stronger in the weight room and you need to physically develop. He looks like he's already there. Oh, he's, yeah. He's like, like he looks all of six, four. And I think he's like listed at two fifteen, two twenty. That doesn't look like an exaggeration. So you know, we love having those big body guards that can like bully, not only bully you on the glass, but also bully you like when attacking the rim, like Devin Carter. Um, he seems to be in that mold. So that's, that's fantastic. And he just looks like a tough, hard-nosed player. So again, continuing to stack really nice recruiting classes. Like we already have Fielder, Santoro, and if Dual signs, uh, then you stack that with Mulready. That's like, it's a hell of a start for the 2024 class. Yeah, you know, I know you're whole, you're a little skeptical about Duval signing because he didn't in in the early period. But yeah, I mean, I, I think either way, you know, the more guards, the merrier, really. Um, especially when you're going to lose, um, pro- you probably lose uh, Bynum at the end of the season. I, there's been he does have a year of eligibility, I guess. Um, yeah. But well, he'd be coming in. He'd be coming in after anyway, unless he reclassifies. Right, right, right. Unless he reclassifies. But, but yeah, you're bringing Dewalt. But like, you know, you already have Pierre Carter. I think probably comes back next year. But who knows? I, I do think like, you know, he's really showing himself as yeah. a legitimate NBA prospect. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not the point of this conversation, but he's playing himself into an All Big East player right now. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I, I think you and I probably would have said he would have been in the running for defensive player of the year, but not yeah. necessarily like in a first or second all Big East team. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great. Um, clearly his work with uh, Lowry and, and Butler and the Miami dudes are, is paying off because he, he's such a dynamic player. But yeah, Mulready, like you watch the tape, he's just a downhill guy, you know, can shoot it a little bit. Uh, I like his toughness. Um and think about this. He's playing on a Worcester Academy team. And as a guy from the Worcester area, I'll tell you, Worcester Academy, not typically your powerhouse, 
but they are stacked right now. They have a team of TJ Power, who's committed to Duke, and he's class of 2023. And Trey Norman, who is also class of 2023, alluding to your point about Shaka going after the New, the New England area, he's committed to Marquette. In Mulready, you look at, at Worcester Academy's results, he's always in there with those guys with like 20 points. <laughs> like He's always the second, first, or third leading scorer of that group. He's consistent. So I love to get um, being a guy that grew up in Worcester County. I'm pumped for it. Um, I was pumped for Mackay Ash Langford. Unfortunately, that, that didn't really work out for us, but hopefully – this time around, it does. Um, but yeah, a great get for Cooley. And but it's also again, this is a tangent. It's also it's working out his collegiate career. Makaiash and Langford is working out pretty well for him. I wish that's another one of those what if where I wish he didn't transfer because I think he would have had a, a a pretty nice career at Providence if there weren't some outside noise. Yeah, I wonder yeah. who you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a great get. Um, super pumped for it. And listen, man. The Friars are, are starting to become a wagon. So let, let's shift over here to uh, Providence's victory on Saturday. They get the W over St. John's. Um, they, they end up beating St. John's 83-80. Um, so they get the win. And listen, this was this was a weird game. But I think it was a game where you can be like, Okay, this team is legit because here's the deal. Friars get out to an early lead. Um, you know, I, I believe they're up like seven or something. St. John's goes on a run to regain the lead. There's a little back and forth remainder of the first half. Um, and then the Friars go on a nice run to close it within one at halftime. And then from there, it was like Providence – had a spurt to give him a lead and it was pretty much just fending off St. John's the rest of the way. Um, I had boots. Uh, I had late boots as you saw from my tweet. Um, BOC in his preview was all about, can they get over the hangover? Well, the cryer almost didn't. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Was it a metaphorical hangover or a literal hangover? Um, no, mine was probably legitimate. Like I wasn't, really hung over but pretty tired um I, I had a fun night on friday and then you know i wake up late i try to rally the troops i took my dad to the game um so, so we get there we probably get there at twelve fifteen, and then uh you know we, we had some issues with um the ticket transfer i'll save that rant for another day <laughs> but, uh we finally get in there and we finally get seats there's like two minutes left in the first half. So we missed the majority of the first half, but we were listening to um, John and uh, and Joe on the call on the radio. And, you know, that first half, I, I rewatched the tape. St. John's, man, they just get in their own way. Dude, <laughs> dude they, they if they played a semi-competent game, they would have rolled us like, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I think they would have won by like 10 or 15 points. Like what we, what did we talk about in the recap? Like they Providence shot 64% from the free throw line. They shot 60%. Like St. John's just cannot string together a full game. And that's, that's coaching. And think about this, BSC. This is what happens. 
they get a flop team. Right? You get a flop team, they get a T on Soriano. And I thought this like really changed the game because granted, St. John's ends up building a lead after this, but it really stunted their momentum. Um, they're down seven. They go on like an eight oh run. Joel Soriano gets a hoop and he runs back to Cooley. I know on the TV broadcast, I watched the TV broadcast again, and like you can kind of see it, but not really. I know there was a lot of questions about it, but I was listening to the radio, and John and Joe are right there. And apparently, Soriano walked to Cooley and said, You better take a timeout, coach. And that's so a great gets, that's a great trash talk line, by the way. It really is. And yeah. even Joe Hassett was like, honestly, that wasn't that bad. Like I kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. But regardless, he gets the T for that. You know, it just gives Providence extra free throws. And you know, we'll, we'll get down to, to the stretch here, but like yeah, you, ha- you have those two plays. You have uh Curbello missing a free throw intentionally that just hits back hard, doesn't come close in the rim. You had an offensive goaltending call that you didn't need to have late in that game, too. Oh, I know. It's just a summation of what St. John's is going through right now. And honestly, I'll tell you, big Mike Anderson fan when they hired him, a guy that's never had a losing season in his career, pretty impressive. I thought him coming from Nolan, uh, Nolan Richardson, I believe that's his name, uh, the former coach of the Razorbacks yeah. that was running yeah. gun. Um, I thought that would work in New York and it showed signs of it, but man, dude, like talk about an undisciplined team. Unfortunately for MA, I think his days at St. John's could be numbered. What are yeah, I, we talked about it after the game. Like, I just think he's not a great coach and the, the mic'd up, the mic'd up against Xavier didn't do him yes. any favors. Yes. And <laughs> like, I think if Cooley was coaching that St. John's team, I think, St. John's would be one of the top teams in the Big East. And if Mike Anderson was coaching, coaching Providence, I think they'd be in the lower end of the Big so East. So you say, well, hold on. You say that, and maybe you're right, but, like, I don't know. I, I feel like our – so, like, if Mike Anderson's coaching, maybe. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like our team has got some talent, too. No, I, they have talent. I just think there's such, a, there's such a diff- discrepancy in coaching. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. no, no. Um, and so, you know, Providence, you know, you look at the game, talk about what you said. They had 15 turnovers. They shot 65% from the line. Um, it wasn't their best effort, but I think we can all agree that when you – a sign of a good team is a team that may not play their A game, may play their B or C game, and still come away with a victory. Yeah. And home court helps. Um, the crowd was freaking awesome that game. No doubt about it. I, I was surprised, BMC. I really was. I actually thought I actually thought it was going to be a really poor showing by the crowd, given it's a Saturday at noon and St. John's isn't really a highly thought of team at, at this juncture. And it's coming off a win against Connecticut. I didn't think there was going to be a big crowd, but you said otherwise, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean – I think my perception of it was kind of biased because a lot of my 234 bros couldn't make it. Um, so I was like, oh, man, I wonder what it's going to be like. Yeah. It was as crowded as UConn, dude. It was jam. That's, all, that's so awesome. Dude, we're, we're building a wagon, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, so 
kind of funny though, you know, I wrote the preview for this one. I, I didn't really write about, I wrote about the, the rebounding, which I thought, thought Providence did a solid job on. Um, I, I talked about turning the ball over the stats of Curbelo and Bynum. Obviously, no Bynum, I think, affected our offense as a whole outside of like, because this was kind of a grinder game. Like, we made some big shots, but it was pretty much a grinder of a game where you're getting to the free throw line, like you're doing that stuff more so than making shots. But, um, but yeah. It just know, seemed like we swept to walk through the first half. That's how it felt. Yeah. It just felt like they weren't. Like, if you heard Cooley on the broadcast when you rewatched it, he had some choice words saying, wake the F up and, like, F and rebound. Like, yes, that was, like, during I think play, he was, that, that was caught loud and clear. Yeah, right? I think he was willing his team to, like, wake up because he could sense, like, their demeanor. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, if a team can win on one of their worst days, that's a great sign. And we, we escaped, and now we have a uh, – hopefully a top 25 ranking next to our name come tomorrow. Yeah, um, but what, so what I was going to say, though, is in my prediction piece, I had a sentence like Hopkins versus, versus David Jones, the Paul transfer, is a matchup that we want to see. Yeah. And uh, this is how it turned out. Hopkins was a little quiet. He had 10 and 7, which for him is is not a great game. He was 3 of, three of 10 from the floor. Uh, missed some bunnies. Um, yeah. That was kind of a little bit of a trend earlier in the year. But he was fine, I thought. David Jones was an absolute no-show. Only plays 13 minutes. I wonder if he got hurt. I don't know. I didn't see anything. It was it so made... strange. Yeah. Um, he was one of five, three points, three rebounds. Um, so that matchup ends up really being nothing. But um, let's talk about some of the Friar guys that made it happen in this game. Yeah. First, let's start with Noah Lockman. He's really coming on. And, and I know you, you know, I think the criticism was pretty fair on your part, like, you know, the defensive stuff. And then when you're a guy that, that, you know, predicates your game on making shots and like providing offense and you're not doing that. And then you're kind of getting burned on the defensive end. Yeah. I get it. I think your criticism is more than warranted, but for him to step up, like he has the last few games has been huge. He has 20 yeah, points he- in this one, seven eleven. From the floor, five and nine from three. Beyonce, what, what do you got? For? Well, I think I think him. He's playing at it with a level of confidence he hasn't had all year, and he's maybe finally comfortable playing with a new team. Like you have to remember that it takes some time to you know get comfortable with your teammates. Um, not only is he knocking down threes, which we absolutely need, especially with Bynum out, but he's also now developing moves on top of that three ball. So there was a couple times where he did a pump fake and a hesitation dribble to get into the lane. And absolutely buried his defender. Like his defender didn't have a shot the moment he did a pump fake. And when you have a lethal three-point shooter and can add on top of that the ability to drive, you become a really complete offensive player. So, you know, if he keeps doing this, we're not asking him to be a 20-point scorer, but if he can consistently pour in 10 to 15 points and be 35% plus from three, like it just raises the ceiling even more of this team. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, listen, I also think the defense from him, you know, not great. He's never going to be talked about as an all-defensive all uh, like defender. But I think his defense, too, has kind of improved here. And yeah. I think that kind of goes back to what you were talking about as a team as a whole. 
finally becoming like a, a equally defensive team. Yes, they give up a ton of points in this game, but I, I, I think Locke for the last like three games has been solid defensively. That's really all I can ask. Yeah. Um, we weren't, we were, St. John's also made a lot of fluky, weird shots. Like Curbelo, there were a couple shots he made where you give it to him all day and he made them. So it's like, all right, well, good for him. He did expose us on the uh, pick and roll though. Like that's something that we've talked about all year. Like it's easier said than done to guard that, but Curbella was masterful in that besides like that last possession where Breed deed him up and then Croswell got the steal. Yeah. Um, then, then Carter tried to throw an alley-oop to Hopkins with like the game. I love that by the way. I know you guys were like, I know I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I just, I can't, like we're just we have a different level of player than we normally do, and we're just not used to those kind of things. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but it's like it's like a, it's like something you would see like in Alabama or in Arkansas do, and you're like, uh, oh, okay, we can do this. Right, and it didn't work out, but I kind of liked it. I well, it, it would have worked out. He got fouled. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Carter has a great game. Not not nineteen five boards, five assists, five eleven from the floor, eight of nine from free throw. Um. Remember last game you asked me what the favorite part of the game was? Yeah. And I didn't have an answer for you. Yeah. I'm going to flip it on you right now. What was your favorite part of the game? Because I have mine. Um, favorite part of the game. I love seeing Breed hit that jumper. That was one of my favorite parts. That was a big, that was a big shot too. Breed definitely had some onions buckets in this one. That, yeah. That, that, um, um, that mid-range drive stop and pop. Uh, that yeah, was big. That, he had a big three. Um, he, he was money in this game, but that's not my answer. The other one I'll say is that Carter, that Carter steal where like, right. it seems like it seems like every single game he's like a step or two behind the other player, the opposition, and he just eats up ground. It's unreal. He does it every game, and he just yep. not only does he get the steal, but he somehow transitions it to a to a dunk or a layup. Like it's he's a freak athlete. So that's my answer, Boc. It's the three. Bucket stretch to start the first half, uh, the second half of this game. You get Carter getting that steal, and like you're like, oh, no, this is going to go out of bounds or something. There's no yeah. way he's going to catch the ball and like make a play. Yet he does, slams it in. Um, they get a stop, and then Hopkins has this very impressive quick drive to the hoop, spin move, reverse layup. That was awesome. NBA take. Um, and then they give up a hoop to Soriano. So I think they get a stop. They give up a hoop to Soriano and then come back and uh, Noah Locke hits an NBA range three in transition. That to me was the moment of the game. Uh, To start that half down one, to to go in on a 7-2 spurt there, that was massive. Yeah, it's – I mean, all of our transfers are playing incredible right now, and it's really rare to hit on all of your transfers, but Cooley seems to have done that. Um, there, there's not enough you can say about this team. Like, everybody forgets, like, we're on a nine-game winning streak. We replaced every single starter. Like, I know Bynum, I know Bynum is, like, the sixth man, and he would have been the starter if he didn't get injured, but call it what it is. Like, they replaced five starters, and they are – humming along seamlessly. Um, nobody expected it. I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams imagined they would be at this level right now. No, not at all. And, um, well, 
I, I was up on this team going into the year. You're, 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 there's no way you were thinking they would be 14 and 3 and 6 and 0 in the Big East. Don't even. Not, nine in a row. I, I, yeah. No, probably not. But, uh, but yeah, you know, listen, I, I definitely was hyping up these guys, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so you want to talk like a little bit about the Cray and Marquette before we wrap? Yeah. So the Friars have like what like, essentially a week off until their game Saturday at Creighton. It's on my list. BOC tweeted this out. I've kind of felt this for a while, but never said anything. Ed Cooley's son also tweeted about this after the UConn game. I've been thinking it too. The three games that other Big East teams were robbed of. Oh, God forbid. (laughs) We didn't play at scene all. Oh, God forbid. We didn't play UConn at home. Well, guess what? They got those games finally, and we beat them, both of them. And there's one more on my list, BOC, and it's at Creighton. And let me tell you, it's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a very, that's going to be a very tough game. Like Creighton, but uh, Creighton before that one has Xavier, right? I think they have Xavier this week. Um, that's going to be really tough for them. Uh, so they have a, but yeah, Creighton. Yeah, they had Xavier, right, on Wednesday. Yeah, it. so so they go they go Xavier away and then Providence at home. And then uh, UConn on the road before that. So Yeah, that's yeah. Uh they didn't look that great against UConn. I think they only shot like thirteen percent from three, so that could just be a poor showing. But you know, we're a tough defensive team. And if, if we can hang around in Omaha, I like our chances because the one thing we have going for us is we shock teams with our physicality and we kind of hit them in the mouth and some teams can't bounce back from it. Connecticut couldn't. And Connecticut prides themselves on their, like, grittiness and toughness, or so they say. So Creighton's another team where, like, maybe we body them a little bit and make the game a little bit physical and see if they can withstand that test. But it'll be a jam-packed uh, jam-packed arena there. Yeah. Man, would I love to get that win. Imagine 7-0 in Big East play, BMC. That'd be crazy. I think the Magic – I mean, looking at Xavier and everything, I think the magic number for Big East uh, is probably going to be 16 wins. 16? Yeah, 16 and four. Really? That high? Well, think about look at think about all the other teams. Like we won it, we won it last year at 14 and three. But remember, we didn't have three games. Yeah. So, at be- at best, we would have been 17. Like I think 16. I think 15 is 15 were flirting with it 16 I think locks it in yeah no you're probably right 16 wow that's a lot of games but I mean you look at this conference and it's like the bottom the bottom and the top are really showing themselves in the last two weeks or so you know I I think Providence Marquette Xavier UConn Creighton and you can even toss in Nova if you want to even though they have eight losses pretty sure they I'm pretty I was doing the research on Nova I'm pretty sure nine was the most they've had in the last like 20 years and they're already at eight um their their next like four or five games in the Big East are pretty light though so they'll they'll be making a bounce back do I have no record for that BOC yeah yeah I think they'll be I think they'll slowly inch their way up but I you know I could be wrong 
They might. I mean, listen, it is Nova. Um, but man, you watch that game against Xavier and just, just I've said it all year. It's not your Jay Wright Nova. And yeah. Nova's just got to wake up and realize that as a fan base, in my opinion. Um, but no, I, I certainly think they're capable of hanging around this thing. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, like you look at that and you look at the bottom and it's like, okay, Georgetown, yeah, give it at this point. They stick. They're, yeah. they're horrendous. Um, DePaul, we already beat them at their place. Got them at home. You'll probably beat them at home. They're not very good either. I, I think they have talent, but unfortunately, you know, it is what it is. St. John's has a lot more talent, but they're a mess. Yeah. So they are where they are. Uh, Seton Hall playing better recently. I'm still not buying them. I think their offense stinks. Um, granted, they were able to hammer Butler and St. John's. Um, but, yeah. So, like, the bottom of the league is really coming through. So maybe it is 16 wins. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe we were a little bit too uh... – too early to potentially talk about the R word. Let's let's figure that out after. Wait a minute, BOC, come on! You said we win those two games. We can talk R word. Repeat. I'm going to wait and see if we go one and zero on the split. I'm sorry, one and one on the split with Creighton and Marquette both on the road. Then I'll feel more confident saying it. Okay, I mean that's kind of fair. Yeah, so you, I want I want you to I want you to scream it from the you know top of the roof. Um, but we can talk about another R word then if if you really don't want to. I'm ready to be there because I think six and zero. Oh, and what you think this team goes friggin' five hundred rest away? No, even no, if they I... do, even <laughs> if they do, boc that's thirteen wins. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be better than that. Yeah. Um. I think I think it's more so looking at like Mar Mar uh, not Marquette. Uh, well, I guess Marquette to a certain extent. Xavier, you Xavier. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fine. Um, but let's talk about our other R word, ranked word. Yeah, rank us now. No, not after breakfast. Not after CSI. Now, rank us. Um, where do you think they come in? Come Monday. Uh, I think they will be. Let's see. I think they should be like 19 or 18, but I think they'll come in at 21. Nice. I think they should be 16. I, I, I don't have any qualms with that, but the problem, the problem with these AP, the people who vote on the AP polls, like they look at metrics and the metrics still don't have us all that great. Like, I think we might've dropped after the St. John's win. No, we went up. Are you sure? Yeah. We we're like down, 30. We went now. down in the net. We did? Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. You know why? It's because we didn't cover the spread. Again, insane. I, I, um, I agree. No, no, listen. Like, I think they should be 16. They won't be 16. It's going to be my guess. I think you're probably right. I can honestly see them, like, and you're going to flip, and I might flip. I could see them somehow being, like, the first team with votes. No, dude, they, they can't do it. They especially beating number four, like you, you can't do that. I, I would hope, but you never know. 
like, would it shock me if we're 24 or 25? I'd be annoyed, but no, it wouldn't shock me. We, it wouldn't shock Providence, me either. Providence doesn't get any love. It is what it is. It's crazy. We just got to make our own love. Just keep winning, dude. I know. That's all you can do. All right. You got anything else? No, I, I think we're good. It's a, it's, we have like a little nice little break here. So, um, We'll get another podcast out before the Creighton game. Just do a more in-depth uh, preview for that one. We'll have an article out, too. Um, you'll have your article on Kayvon. And then, yes, uh, yes, I will. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll reconvene for the Creighton game. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. Your Friars are now. Is it 14-3 in Mushrooms? Yeah, I think Mike might have been a little overserved before this podcast. I had some beers in a pitcher game, but I'm I'm clear conscience. I'm fine, BFC. I'm happy. Um, I'm are they 14-3? Yes, they're 14-3. Okay, 14-3, 6-0 oh in the Big East. Top dogs in the Big East. Um, until next time, Firetown. We'll see you later. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah If it do, when I'm way up on the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and you see me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop Heard they sleeping on me while I take them back to school Man up in my city